Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 151 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I have the fearless, the brave, and she is absolutely unapologetically herself. I'm talking about Sarai Spear. Now you may know her from Instagram as the Platinum Giraffe. She is a hairstylist. She is a hairstylist coach and a mentor, and she is also a sober girl. This episode has some graphic language, so if the kiddos are around, definitely put your headphones on or wait for them to go to bed. And this episode, Sarai really takes it up a notch. And if you're looking for a healthy dose, a nice swift kick in the pants, if you will, you're going to get it with this episode. I love her advice and I just love her story and how she has overcome so much. It's very interesting to see on Instagram and online how someone is such a light but you don't know the darkness they have undergone to see that light and to be that light. And this episode, you will see all of it. So let's get into it. Miss Sarai, what's going on? How are you? Hi, friend. I'm so good. I'm so fucking excited to be here. And I think I just asked you like, um, is it okay if I curse? Because I have the mouth of a sailor. So your, your listeners are in for it today. Yeah. Uh, you're in good company. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, it's passion, right? Like how can you not swear when you're expressing yourself? Fucking lutely. Yes. Awesome. So Sarai, I definitely want to get into the Platinum Giraffe and your amazing business and businesses, actually. Let's get real. Um, You're such a multifaceted woman. Uh, But I want to kind of get a little backstory on you and how, like, when I watch your reels and when I watch (laughs) you on Instagram and stuff, I'm just like, I am literally in awe of you because like when I see you, I'm like, wow, that is a woman who's really living like her authentic self, (laughs) right? Like just everything about it. Like you just embody someone who is like, so like unapology, unapologetically themselves. Yeah. 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 Has has it always been like that or? Fuck no. Oh my God. (laughs) Absolutely not. No. And and thank you for that. That's, that Mm -hmm. makes me so incredibly happy. Um, you know, the, my, my branding, the platinum giraffe, uh, didn't come until I got sober. So, uh, what you see now is the, the confidence and the unapologetic me is only because of my fucking sobriety. Mm. So I had a, I had a pretty normal childhood. Um, you know, my adolescence was kind of like 
fucking weird, but who's not a weird fucking teenager, right? Like, so it's, and we're just going to dive right in. Like this is going to yeah. be an emotional roller coaster. but, um, at, and everything that I'm going to talk about, I, um, I've been to therapy. I've worked through my stuff. I've worked mm-hmm. the steps. So I'm very comfortable talking about all of this. Um, when I was 14, I was raped, um, by the high school, uh, chemistry teacher's son. And I, I didn't, I didn't know how to process it. And, um, it's really creepy. Cause like the last thing he said to me was like, don't tell anybody. And he's like, you know what? They're not going to believe you anyway. I was sort of like Jesus. white, white trashy, if you will. Like, and okay. his family was kind of upper crust and, you know, and at the time, I mean, that, that stuck with me. I'm 14 fucking years old. Yeah. This is my first sexual experience and it's not what I wanted. And so from the ages of like 14 to 16, uh, I held everything in mm. and I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with it. And I was so ashamed. I was so incredibly ashamed and I thought it was my fault. Mm. And so I harbored that and I turned it all inwards and I became incredibly angry, Mm. very angry at the world, very angry at myself. I would lash out at people and I developed an eating disorder during this Mm. time. Um, I didn't know how else to deal with it. So I would, I would feel these feelings and I would, you know, do my, my bulimia, my binge and purge. And yeah. so at 16, my parents sent me to a therapist. Cause they were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and every kid at like at a, a teenager okay. is, is kind of like, totally. That, right? Totally. And I was like, whatever, it's just normal teenage shit, whatever. Yeah. So it it took me about six months of therapy before I finally opened up. I was like, you know what? My fucking parents are making me come here. I don't fucking want to be here. So I just sat there Mm. and uh, finally my therapist started breaking the shell. And I, I said to my therapist one day, I said, you know, I, I think I was, I was forced to have sex. And my therapist was like, Mm. you think and I was like, well, yeah, I didn't want to. And I said, no. And my therapist said the word rape to me. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Um, prostitutes get raped and drug addicts get yes. raped. Um, little girls like me don't get raped. And oh. she wanted me to tell my parents. And so we scheduled a session. I told my parents, it took me a long time to be able to, to say the word rape. Um, so we told my parents and a little like background, my parents were very religious and I grew up Pentecostal. And so sex talk was very shamed. Mm. And I thought for sure I was going to be fucking this owned. I thought I'd be kicked out of the house. Yeah. And I have to say my parents surprised the fuck out of me and they were incredibly supportive. And we, we talked about it and I didn't really work through it. I talked about it. Right. But I didn't, Mm. I didn't really process. I didn't really heal. I wasn't really given many coping mechanisms. So I just kind of like pushed it down. I was like, okay, cool. Well, we got that out of the way. Like let's move on with life. Right. And from 16 to 19 was just kind of like whatever bullshit teenage crap. Mm -hmm. And at 19, I got married for the first time. Uh, to my high school wow. sweetheart, which was just fucking stupid. Listen, I grew up in a small town, fucking America. Okay. That is what we fucking did. <laughs> I got, uh, I got suckered into that. And my first husband was not a great human. We were not great together. Yeah. And I developed um, a love of drinking. He was mm. 24, 24. And I was 19. And so we could buy beer and you know, wine and all that shit. So it was, it was around. And mm-hmm. at the time I was undiagnosed bipolar and I, mm-hmm. I had no idea. So you've got the trauma and then wow. you've got a mental um, health issue on top of that. And what I'm doing is I'm starting to medicate with booze, right? So my eating disorder is flaring, um, my alcohol consumption. I really say I've been an alcoholic since I was 19. Mm, um, okay. That's when it all got really, really bad. Yeah. So from 19 to 24, um, I, it was, it was drinking, it was drinking, it was drinking. And I had a lot of incidents. Um, I've been, um, institutionalized a couple of times for mm-hmm. self-harm. And it was during one of those that I was diagnosed bipolar. And I was like, what wow. the, 
fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah, no, I'm like, I'm not fucking bipolar. <laughs> check, check, check. Uh, <laughs> newsflash. I'm not actually a fucking psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> WebMD does not diagnose me as bipolar. What uh, the hell? So yeah. lame. <laughs> so it was, um, it was an interesting time for me because I was so incredibly confused about who the fuck am I? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to fit into all these molds that my parents want and my, my first husband and my second husband. And I have no idea who the fuck I am, Mm. what my values are, what my morals are. And so it was just really confusing. My drinking got bad. I thought if I self-medicate, self-medicated in air quotes, um, you know, I'd, I'd be able to process things. Let me just tell you mental health issues Mm. when you're unmedicated and you're relying on booze to medicate. That's a fucking recipe for disaster. Yep. It is. You are playing with fucking fire and it is a matter of time until you catch on fire. Mm -hmm. So I had gone to cosmetology school at like 24 Mm -hmm. and I, I fell in love with it. I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, that's when my, when my drinking got incredibly out of control. I had Mm. multiple, multiple incidents, um, where my, my ex-husband, my second ex-husband, um, he is one of my best friends to this day. And he is such a kind, amazing human. Um, actually him and my husband are friends and people think that's weird, but I don't, that's just, (laughs) that's just how I roll. Yeah. Um, he, incredibly patient with me and Mm. just wanted the best for me and wanted me to get help. And my eating disorder had gone from bulimia to bulimia and anorexia and mm. over exercising at this point, I was working out. I was actually doing hair and teaching multiple, um, boot camp classes a day. Meanwhile, I'm drinking, like I'm spiraling y'all, y'all know, Whoa. you can feel it. Like I'm, yeah, there's a, it's there, like the perfect it's storm ahead. You storm. better believe it. Yeah. And I was going to therapy, but I wasn't really actively participating in therapy. Mm. Um, I would tell everybody like, I'm not drinking, but I was closet drinking. I would tell everybody I'm going to therapy and yes, I'm going to therapy, but I'm not fucking working. Right. Mm. Okay. So at 27, I'm almost 10 years into my alcohol. My, I would call it binge drinking at this point. Um, but it had turned into full-blown alcoholism in beauty school. Yeah. So 27, I get the opportunity to, um, to buy into a salon with a friend who became my business partner. And I always thought she was so cool. And she like was always the life of the party and she was so much fun and she had a drug problem Mm. and I had never been around drugs. Now, mind you, small town girl moved to, I I think my city is like, I don't know. It's like 2 million people. It's not huge. It's not small. But it was yeah. a big city to me. So I moved up here when I was 21 and I had never been exposed to, to drugs yeah. like other than pot, you know? Yeah. And so just being around it, I was like, oh, it's fucking cool, man. Like this, <laughs> this is like, this is super fucking cool. Like <laughs> having fun. It sounds like a great idea. So at 27, uh, I did my first drugs. Mm. I, I did cocaine. And within three years, uh, I went from cocaine and a massive Adderall addiction. Um, I was prescribed Adderall, mm-hmm. which as we all know, just because you're prescribed, it doesn't mean you can't be fucking addicted to that shit. Yep. To buying it on the streets to, uh, using meth. I, I never mm. in a million years thought that I, I would I would be a meth head that I would be a junkie. Um, but you know, I mean, one thing leads to another and you're, you're so deep in your shit and you're making excuses and you just, you don't fucking care. No. So, and you think it's normal. That's, that's the scary part. You think it's normal. Yeah. Like you can rationalize and justify. Yes, you can. (laughs) Yeah. Cause you want it, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And it's like, you know, it's not that bad or I, I don't have a problem. You know what? My justification, and this is so stupid looking back, but my justification was I wasn't a druggie because I didn't inject drugs. I just snorted them. And it's like, oh, you yeah. fucking asked. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> but at the time, it really, it made sense in my brain. I was able to compartmentalize totally. and I was able to deal. Yeah. So 
at the age of 27 to about 30, um, my life went in the shitter. I, I'm going to get emotional. I lost everything. Um, I was forced out of the business. I got my car repossessed. I got evicted. I was literally homeless at the age of 29 and 30. I was a fucking junkie living on the streets. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing with my life. And, you know, like as a girl, it's a little bit easier. If you do need someplace to live, you can, you know, sweet talk up a dude or whatever. So, I mean, I wasn't necessarily sleeping on park benches, but I was fucking homeless and I had a drug problem that was out of control. I had an alcohol problem that was out of fucking control. My eating disorder was out of control. Mm. I was a, I was a mess. I was a fucking hot mess. Mm. So I managed to slowly, like, I don't even know how, if I'm being really honest, I, I knew I had a problem. And when I, I lost my car, I was like, whatever. But when I lost my place to live, I was like, you gotta, like, you gotta figure your fucking shit out, Sarai. You have, yeah. you gotta do something. Yeah. So I slowly started pulling away from that circle of people. And I weaned myself off of my meth with my Adderall. And again, it made sense at the time. And <laughs> I went, I stepped down to cocaine. And yeah, so I was, I knew I had to do something, but I, I still didn't have the courage. And mm. I'm trying to hold my life together. And I'm trying to be all of these things for people in my life. I'm trying to fit into my parents' box. I'm trying to fit into society's box. I'm trying to fit into, you know, the, the hair industry's box and all of these boxes. I'm trying to just shove myself into. It's like trying to put a round peg in a square hole. It doesn't fit. Mm, yeah. It doesn't fit. And no matter how much you fucking smash it, it doesn't fucking fit. Yeah. And so all of these feelings were bubbling under the surface and I was trying to just shut them the fuck up. So I would continue to self-medicate. So at the age of 31, I met my amazing and now husband, the rest of my life partner, Mr. David Lee. Mm. He is, uh, first of all, he is one of the most patient and kind, loving, generous humans. I, I honestly, at times I'm like, what the fuck are you doing with me, bro? Like, how, <laughs> how the fuck did we end up here? Yeah. <laughs> so we, we actually, we ran in the same circle. He, um, we call it his former life In his former life, he was a drug dealer. Okay. And, um, he was kind of getting out of it and I was trying to get out of it. So friends introduced us and we started hanging out. We started like chilling all the time. And I told him my story and that I kind of, you know, like wanted to get off of the shit and, He was getting out of the game. So we just kind of, we hung out for like nine months to a year. Yeah. And how things really got started with us was um, another tragic story of mine. (laughs) (laughs) One of the salons I was working at. um, And if you can try to imagine a, an alcoholic um, and um, an addict Mm-hmm. who, you know, is working in a salon that is the salon at the time was a, a drug dealer, a very well-known one. So we would party all night. We would fucking, you know, do hair during the day. Like this atmosphere Whoa. was fucking chaos. Yeah. So I mean, salons, salons on their own, <laughs> like, you know, just, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, I used to do hair like way back in the day and like, just uh-huh. even like the not eating and the caffeine yeah. is enough to yeah. like me. But then yeah. add drugs to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was um, the perfect storm. Yeah. So we would go out and party all night and do hair or not do hair the next yeah. day. And you can imagine my work was probably, I'd say subpar if I'm being honest. <laughs> it was shit. It was fucking yeah. shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> but my, my husband at the time, um, he was one of the only friends I had at this point, both sides, my, my salon friends. Yeah. And he basically rescued me from a really bad situation, um, because of all the partying and drinking and drugs that were going on. Mm-hmm. I, it was, I believe it was January 2nd. I ended up, um, we partied all night 
And the next morning, January 2nd, I needed to go somewhere, but I didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. And so the owner of the salon, let me take the secretary's car to go. I don't know where the fuck I was going, but <clears throat> I knew I shouldn't have been driving. I think everyone was aware I shouldn't have been driving. And I ended up sideswiping an entire row of cars. I'm talking no. 20 cars. Yeah. No. Yeah. I wish I was fucking lying. See Daisy. Big oops. <laughs> so I am fucked up. I am drunk. I am starting to sober up because I realized, oh my God. And I had fucked up the, the tire of the car. So I, I, uh, I abandoned the car and I, I ran from the police. No, I, yeah, I did. I really did. I was so fucking scared. I didn't know what the fuck to do. And in, in my head at the time, it made sense because I thought, because I was so fucked up, I was going to go to prison. Like I was going to go to prison and that was it. That was the end of my life. So I was like, you know what? The better idea is to run, like run away from the police. Okay. Naturally. Oh, of course. (laughs) Oh, I ran and I didn't know who to call. I didn't know who the fuck to call. This was in like, what was it? 2012. Um, I called David Yeah, and I was bawling and I was like, I'm so scared. I, I hit a bunch of cars. I'm hiding from the police. Like, I don't know what the fuck to do. And he was like, where are you? Stay where you are. And I will come get you. So I, I hid behind, you know, those big electrical boxes by, um, (laughs) by light like the stoplights. Yeah. I hid behind, I hid behind one of those. Um, (laughs) until he called me and he was like, Hey, I'm right down the street. I need you to like pop up and get in the car. And I was like, Oh my fucking God, I'm going to die. I'm going to fucking prison. I'm going to die. So I hopped in the car and I was hysterical and he took me back to his place and he was like, okay, like we have to go to the police and we have to file a report. Like you have to do the right thing. Um, after many hours of me crying and vomiting, I vomited seven times on the way to the police station oh, no. because I, I thought I was going to prison, friend. Yeah. I thought I was really going to prison. So we filed a police report and um, they said, nothing's been filed. We don't know what you're talking about, but we have your report. And I was like, okay, um, are, you, are you fucking kidding me? What? So yeah, I do- looking back on things. I, I'm a firm believer that shit happens for reasons and not that I couldn't have told my story from prison, but I don't think I was meant to, you know, like I I get now why everything happened. And you would think that would have been the biggest wake up call for me. It it wasn't. Yeah, it it was. I definitely did not fuck around with drugs. Uh, My -hmm. husband was like, you know, he proposed to me a couple months later and we were both kind of like, all right, if we're going to do this, like, I have to get off drugs. You've got to get out of the game. Like we got, we got to do this shit together. And so we did. Yeah. Um, it was not easy, but we did it together and we had each other. Mm. So during that time, my drinking got really, really bad. I mean, really bad. So from 31 to 35, Mm -hmm. uh, I was able to get off drugs with the help of my husband and my drinking took a front seat mm. and I was a really high functioning alcoholic. I mean, wow. High functioning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until I wasn't much. Yeah, like of course. Of, you know, so I was working at a salon at the time. I was about 34, 35 and my drinking had got to the point where I was, um, I was contemplating suicide. Hmm. Um, I began not caring about my work. I began not caring about myself. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was, I was hurting, I was hurting and I made a deal with myself every morning and I'd wake up and I'm like, I'm not going to the liquor store today. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to drink. And then by eight 30, I was at the liquor store and they know me by name. They've got my shit cold. And, um, and I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to, you know, have the drink until I get to work. And I was drinking in the car and, um, you know, just all of these bargains that we make with ourselves when we're not quite ready to, to face the music. Yeah. So March. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. 
Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. Of 2016, it was a Friday afternoon and I was drinking at work. I was chugging wine out of the box in the back room. Uh, I was going to the bar next door to the, uh, the salon and I was taking shots. Uh, you know, I had my airplane bottles. Like I was constantly fucking wasted. Yeah. So it was a Friday afternoon. I believe it was March 4th of 2016. And I got blackout drunk at work. And mm-hmm. I, I guess I, I said some things I was acting crazy to this day. I still don't know. And I honestly, I don't get the fucking details. My life was headed that direction anyway. Yeah. Fill in the blanks with whatever you want. Right. Yeah. So I don't even remember getting home Friday, Saturday morning. I woke up, I canceled my clients. And first thing I did was I drank. Cause I was like, I just had this feeling like I had done something really, really, really bad. Okay. And I felt like just guilty. And I was like sick about it all day. Yeah. So Saturday, I just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Then that anxiety, like I can (laughs) literally, I can feel it when you're talking about it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it was, it was so hard for me not to like text message or be like, what the fuck did I do? But I had this theory because again, it made sense in my brain. Um, If I don't remember it, it didn't happen. I don't remember 10 fucking years of my goddamn life. So technically I'm not 41. I'm only 31. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So Sunday morning, I wake up to a text from my salon owner and she said, Sarai, I need you to meet with me on Monday morning and I need to meet with you at the salon. She said, in the meantime, I need you to think about what this salon means to you, what the salon family means to you, what your career means to you. And I'll see you Monday morning at 9 a.m. Hmm. And as you can imagine, the feeling of fucking hmm. dread and panic and what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, yeah. what the fuck am I going to do? What the fuck am I going to say? Like, how am I going to get out of this? Yeah. So I didn't tell my husband what was going on. I didn't tell him about the meeting. I go into the salon Monday morning and she looks at me and I'm, I'm walking in with my head, like kind of hung low. And she said, Sarai, what the fuck is going on with you? I didn't, I didn't know what the fuck I was going to say. And I looked at her and I said, for the first time in my life, I said, I think I'm an alcoholic. I can't stop drinking and I think I need help. Mm. And I really, I really thought this is going to be it. I thought this was going to be the end of my fucking career, the end of my life. My husband was going to leave me. And she looked at me <laughs> and she said, then let's get you some help. Mm. And I started bawling much like I'm doing now (laughs) yeah I didn't I didn't expect that she hugged me and I bawled probably for six hours and I was so shocked that it it came out of my mouth but I was tired oh my god I was so sick and tired of being sick and fucking tired I was tired of lying to myself lying to my family, to my friends. And it was, it was time. Yeah. So we're, we're talking and I'm sharing with her and she says, does your husband know how bad this is? Hmm. And I said, I don't think so. And his first wife was an alcoholic um, and a drug addict. She actually passed away of cirrhosis of the liver um, from her alcoholism. So I feel like that was another reason I kind of got away with things a little bit more because, you know, I wasn't dying of cirrhosis of the liver in a hospital bed. So therefore I wasn't an alcoholic quote. unquote. Yeah. So she said, I, I really need you to call him 
and mm-hmm. I need him to come up here and we, we all need to have this conversation. So I called him and I said, I know you're busy at work, but I, I really need to, to talk to you at work. And he's like, is everything okay? Are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm fine. I just, I need to share things with you. So over the next six hours, um, I, I let go of everything. I shared everything, what I drank, when I drank, who I was drinking with, where I went, my routines. I Mm. had verbal diarrhea because I was like, this is it. This is it. This is your now or never moment. And Sarai, if you continue on the path you're going, you're going to fucking kill someone. Yeah. You're going to end up fucking dead. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com ASGG. So I just said enough is enough. And I was incredibly uh, shocked at the amount of support from the both of them. And I ended up, we made, we made a deal where, you know, I shared my location with my salon owner and my husband Yeah, and I was accountable to them. I had random breathalyzers. Um, anytime I would run somewhere, they would watch me on the maps. I would check in with them. I went to my first AA meeting um, on Tuesday, the very next day. And I bawled like a baby when I said, you know, hi, my name is Sarai and I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It, it was, it was overwhelming. And I am so incredibly grateful to my salon owner for having the balls to Mm. fucking confront me. No one had ever had the balls to say shit to me about it. Yeah, And to this day, I'm so incredibly grateful to her and to the support of my husband, because through all of this, he has been my fucking rock, you know, and especially though the first year um, of sobriety, it's what my, my friend and I called the we fucks. It's (laughs) like, you're, you're on this roller coaster and you're like, yeah, this is so fucking great. Oh my God. And all of a sudden you're like, bottom drops out. You don't know how to deal with anything. Yeah. And You're like, so, what are these emotions? What yeah, is this liquid coming yeah. from my eyes? Correct. Ugh. Yeah. So I, for, you know, the past two decades, I had been shoving shit down and I, I hadn't yeah. been dealing with anything. And so the first year of sobriety was incredibly hard. And I used to think that the word vulnerability was a fucking curse word. I'm like, mm. uh-uh. You know, my dad, my dad taught me that, you know, we don't cry like pussies cry. And yeah, we don't, we don't talk about our feelings. You know, what emotion for me was allowed was anger and like the competitiveness, Mm -hmm. competitiveness on sports fields. I was a very athletic child. And so I would get fucking angry. And so for me, even to this day, anger is that first emotion that I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to throw you into a fucking blender, get the fuck out of my way. And I'm like, okay, you know what? You're not even angry. So right. You're upset with yourself because Mm. whatever reason. So yeah, anger is my, is my number one. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of anger that first year. Mm. And I, I had connected with um, a a guy, a hairstylist who was sober. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's like so fucking cool. And the hair he does is awesome. And so our paths ended up crossing. We, we connected on Facebook and then my husband and I took a vacation in Pensacola and he was there and he was like, Hey, come by my shop. And I was like, Oh my God, this like 
fucking in my eyes, this big deal hairstylist wants to say hi. And yeah. So we ended up connecting. I went down a couple of weeks later to do a collab with him and Jason became my best friend and my sober mentor. And I love that incredibly, incredibly grateful to Jason and all of his wisdom and knowledge and the allowing me to call him at 2am. And I'm like, I just, I can't fucking, I can't do this. I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. what to do. Um, so between him and my husband, they were really my, my rocks through all of this. And, um, you know, I'm going to get really sad here for a second, but in September of 2020, um, my best friend, Jason died of an overdose. Um, he definitely struggled with his, he called it his, his dark wolf. And, you know, the pandemic has, it's, it's been hard. It's been hard for people, but it's been really hard for addicts. So, um, I'm, I was heartbroken. And to be really honest, I was not okay Mm. for a whole fucking year. Um, it solidified the fact that I made the right choice to not use, to not drink. Um, you know, my, my best friend who was my sober mentor at one point lost his battle. And, uh, I just had a really hard time. I wasn't myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't drink, I didn't use, but I wasn't, it wasn't me, you know, like I was numb and it, I think it took me about a year to process. And on his one year, anniversary, his death date. Um, you know, I just, I really took some time and I thanked him for being in my life. And I thanked him for all of his guidance. And I know he's with me. I know he's always with me and I know he's so incredibly proud of me. And I think that was, that was sort of the turning point into this ferocious beast that you see on Instagram, this woman who (laughs) who lives her life loud as fuck with zero apologies. Yeah. Because for the last five, six years, I've been finding myself and working through my shit and my trauma and, and dealing with things. And because of everything I've been through, I don't give a fuck what other people think about me. Yeah. I don't fucking care. You have no idea the shit I have been through in my life. So if you want to, if you want to say, I got a big nose on Instagram, or you want to call me ugly, or you want to say like my hair's shit, I don't fucking care, friend. I don't fucking care. I hope you find the peace in your life that you're looking for. Yeah. Because I have been through the fucking ringer as you have all just been on this journey with me. Yes. Um, so I think I say all of that to say this. When you stop caring what other people think of you and you start loving yourself, that is where the peace and the happiness and the freedom comes. It's not from money or success or any external circumstance. All that fucking shit is within you. Mm. And the thing that this is my message that I want to get across more than anything. If you take nothing else away from this podcast, take this away. You have fucking greatness in you. Hmm. You have fucking greatness in you. A lot of times we're afraid. Mm. We're afraid to fail. We're afraid of what other people will think about us. We're afraid. Well, my God, well, what if we succeed? What does that look like for my life moving forward? Oh, yes. So, we stay stuck in our fear. And I, I speak from, um, <laughs> from actual life experience. I stayed stuck in my fear for yeah. so many years. And I, I started saying, fuck your fear, fuck your fear. And now it's become my slogan. And now I have t-shirts because truly fuck your fucking fear. Yes. Stop being afraid. Stop being afraid of you. Stop being afraid of your power. Stop being afraid of what other people are going to think about you. Who fucking cares? You have one fucking life to live and we are not guaranteed tomorrow. And if you stay stuck living in that fear, you are going to be unhappy. And that is no way to live this beautiful life that we have been blessed with. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. 
Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. Oh my God. Yes. Like, yes. (laughs) Like, absolutely. I have, okay. I have a question for you. You know how in, in the past you were talking about like labels and like being, Mm -hmm. you know, being this wife or being like the good girl or being like, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. everything for everyone else. Yeah. Um, Do you think that being, like labeled an alcoholic or being labeled like bipolar, do you think those labels have helped you or hindered you? You know, I have to say both. Okay. Um, So at first, obviously getting a diagnosis for a mental health issue. um, It's not always like, yeah, look at me. I'm bipolar. You're like, Oh, fuck. (laughs) You know? So I, I think there was a stigma attached to that. And I come from a family of alcoholics. I also come from a family who doesn't fucking talk about shit, which Mm -hmm. is why we're here. Um, (laughs) So I think, yes, there, there definitely was a stigma initially attached to, to, you know, to, to being raped, um, to being an alcoholic, to being labeled a junkie, to being, you know, having the label of, of bipolar. It's like, what if I'm never more than that? Yeah. But the more I have dug deep in my soul and I call it my sitting in my yuck where I really just, I look inward and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what can I improve? How do I get to where I want to go when I sit in my yuck and I'm very honest and vulnerable with myself? You know, I've learned that you can label me whatever the fuck you want. I truly, I don't care. A label's a label. You know, people put labels on things for convenience. And you can either let that label define you or you can allow it to give you freedom and to be like, Mm. you know what, you want to label me this cool, cool. Go ahead. I'm going to fucking go live my life. And you know what? Yeah. My thing was, I'm going to fucking prove you wrong. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that bitch. (laughs) You, I'm a, listen, I'm basically a five-year-old. Okay. Um, I get, I get angry easily. And if you tell me not to do something, that's the first motherfucking thing that I'm going to do. Yeah. So if you tell me I'll never have a healthy full life because I have a mental disorder, fuck you. Watch me. If you tell me, well, I come from a line of alcoholics. You'll never beat alcoholism. Fuck you. Watch me. Not only will I survive my addictions, I will fucking thrive because I have overcome them. So fuck you. Oh my God. I love that. I mean, that that's, those are words of wisdom, truly. (laughs) And it's, it's, you make it sound so simple though. But it, you know, here's the thing, looking back, it is. And I think when you have clarity, it is when I was in the muck and the mire and I was in my own bullshit and I was writing my suicide note in my journal and it wasn't simple. It wasn't simple because I didn't have clarity because I had substances. Right. And so substances clutter my mind. But when I got sober, I did start to see things more clearly. And it's like, you know, when I first got sober, it was the the one day at a time. Fuck you, motherfucker. I went one hour at a time. Yeah. Okay. I was like, you got to get to 9am without drinking. You got to get to 10am. You got to get to 11am. Right. Yeah. 
but it's, it's in those baby steps that mm-hmm. seem so hard. And like, when I first got sober, if you'd have told me you can't drink or do drugs for the rest of your life, I'd have been like, okay, I'm out. Just wear, pass me some booze. Like I can't do this. Yeah. It's baby steps and it's conditioning, right? So mm-hmm. we didn't become an alcoholic or an addict overnight, right? No. It was a slow descent into the seventh layer of hell. Oh, totally. So yeah. I'm sorry to say this. There's no elevator out of the seventh layer of hell. No, there's steps and there's baby steps and you feel like you're never going to make it, but it's, mm-hmm. it's that constant one foot in front of the other. It's getting up, it's working out, it's going to work. It's, you know, putting in place those routines. So we don't get sucked back into that. And yeah. was it simple? No, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Is it simple when I say, fuck your fear? It's yes. Mm-hmm. Because when you sit down and you think about what would my life look like if I really lived it? Like if I lived my life for me, mm. I think about what my husband, what my spouse, what my partner, what my kids, what my job, if I didn't think about what any of these other motherfuckers wanted, mm. what would my life look like? Yeah. So when you sit down and you think about your life for you, like, what does that look like? And, you know, all of it may not come to fruition. You may not, you know, have a jet that transports you to Bora Bora every, you know, six hours for fresh fruit, but yeah, um, never say never, never say right, never. Exactly. Yeah. And it, but that's yeah. the thing, like anything is possible. And I think a lot of yeah. times we get so busy thinking about what other people want, what other people are thinking about that. We, we yeah. have a tendency to put ourselves on a back burner. And then again, we, we kind of get into that space where we're like, Oh, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't, you know, be so bold or maybe I shouldn't go after my dream. I should just kind of, you know, chill, take a back seat. Like, no, I'm sorry. Fuck that. Fuck that. You are the only person that you are guaranteed to wake up with in the morning. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Right. Yeah. I love my husband. He is my partner for life. I am not guaranteed to fucking wake up with him in the morning. If I wake up in the morning, I'm guaranteed to wake up with myself. And that is it. So if I can look in that fucking mirror every night before I go to bed and I'm like, you did good today, bitch. Or you know what? You (laughs) fucked that up royally. Like let's fucking get some sleep. Let's regroup tomorrow and let's try again. Yeah. I know that I am a good human and I am doing my best. And am I going to slip up? Am I going to stumble? Am I going to fall flat on my face? Absolutely. That's called fucking life. We're human. We're not robots. But the most important part is, is it's not if you fuck up, it's when you fuck up. It's how you recover from that. So picking yourself up, dusting yourself off, letting your fucking ego be bruised, whatever, but Mm -hmm. continuing to put one foot in front of the other is the most important thing. Yes, I definitely agree. And I, like you said, it's like, what a, sh- it's such a shitty life to live your life for someone else. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that is, that's like the root cause on uh, like so much unhappiness mm-hmm. and the, yeah. like the fear, right? Our, our society right. is just so run by fear. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so that's the pandemic. That's the pandemic right. fear. I was going to say, and if you don't think it is turn on the news, yeah. there's maybe one good news story to 1200 fear-based stories. You yeah. know, people like to control people with fear. And as soon as you are, you get comfortable and you get confident in yourself and don't get me wrong, guys. I have fucking bad days. I have days where I honestly feel like I'm a worthless piece of shit. I really do. Yeah. Now, Do I know in my, I call it my right brain. Do I know in my right brain, my clear headed brain that that is false? Absolutely. That doesn't mean I don't feel it. I allow myself to have a shit fucking day. I crawl up in the fucking beanbag with the dogs that I watch Harry Potter and I turn off my phone because I know that tomorrow is a new fucking day Yeah. and I'm, I'm not going to feel this forever. Feelings aren't forever. Yeah. So I am flawed. I am human, but I know at the end of the day, I'm a fucking awesome human and you're a fucking awesome human. And you should stop giving so many motherfucking fucks about what other motherfuckers think about you and start living your own motherfucking life. (laughs) Boom. Mic drop. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. Yes. Yes. Thank you. 
Thank you for saying that. Thank you for being you. And actually, most of all, thank you for doing the hard work, you know, to, to really find yourself and be authentic to yourself because that's, you know, you're such an inspiration. People, women look, look at you and they're like, oh my God, I want to be like her. Like I wanted to be like you. I'm like, oh my God, she's fun. <laughs> yeah. Like we need more of this. We need more like badass bitches. And, what, and whatever that looks like to you, right? Like exactly. whatever that looks like to you, um, just, yeah, finding yourself, I think is absolutely the key to happiness. That's why we're here. Yeah, it, it really is. We're and, not here to know, suffer. We're not nope. here to live for, for mommy and daddy or nope. like whatever little container, you know, you people want to put you in. Nope. And it's, I think that's you. why I'm, I just, I live my life out loud. Because yeah. I didn't for so long. I was shoved into those boxes. I was forced yeah. into the, you know, into the wrong places. And and when I truly started discovering who the fuck I was, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna be me. And if you don't like it, cool. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. And it started off with, you know, I would wear things that I wouldn't normally wear, or I, you know, got a fucking throat tattoo, or you know, <laughs> and I just if it makes me happy, you know, healthy. Um, I, I do it without concern of, well, what is somebody else going to think? Because, you know, there's freedom in being comfortable and confident in yourself and just not caring. And that's what I want people to take away from any experience they have with me is I want you to feel inspired and empowered to take charge of your fucking life, Mm. to do whatever the fuck it is that you want to do and to live your life for you and no one else live it loud, live it proud. And whatever that looks like for you, that's what I want for you. Oh, yes. <laughs> so how does, how does that message uh, translate to the platinum giraffe and to so, your business? Like how, a, obviously yeah. you said you wouldn't be where you are without your sobriety and recovery. So right. How, how does that, what are the fruits of these labors? Yeah, well, <laughs> So that's interesting because I never, I wasn't always the platinum giraffe. Um, I've yeah. gone by Sarai hair wizard forever. And I thought that was just a stupid Instagram name and fucking nobody can spell Sarai. Okay. First of all. So like, I just, I wasn't really getting the searchability. I didn't start using Instagram until I got sober. And then uh-huh. I really threw myself into my work and I was dedicated. Um, mm. You know, we switch addictions. Right. And so I definitely became a workaholic, but at the time, it's what I needed to, to keep me sober and sane and happy. Yeah. And so I started utilizing Instagram and I was like, I'm not growing. I'm doing bomb ass work. I'm getting all these like notice, you know, public, um, magazines, like articles done on my hair, all this shit, Mm -hmm. but like, I'm not growing on my Instagram. So my friend was like, well, your name sucks. And I was like, oh, fuck you. You're right. It does. So He was like, you need to, you need to change your name. And uh-huh. I am six foot tall. I am like long and limmy and gangly. And my salon family always joke. They're like, you're like a fucking baby giraffe. Like, we're not sure if you're just like going to fall over or what. Cause you're so fucking wobbly. <laughs> so I started putting just words together. And uh-huh. in the, in the hair industry, I was known for my platinums. Um, my blondes, my crazy ass transformations that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, my nickname is baby giraffe. I'm known for platinum. I was like, look at platinum giraffe. And my friend looked at me and she goes, that's fucking dumb. And I was like, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to sleep on it. Mm-hmm. And the next morning I woke up and I could not stop thinking about it. I immediately went to my Instagram, which was Sarai hair was at the time. And I was, I changed the name to the platinum giraffe. And I put a picture of me next to an albino giraffe. And I was like, it's me bitches. Like, and from that, I, I created a brand. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I didn't, I had no clue, but I just was like, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be authentically me. No matter what I made that promise to myself when I got sober, you know, and I, I told my salon owner, I told my husband, I was like, I'm not going to lie anymore. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to do any of that dumb shit that I was doing. I'm going to live authentically. And because of that, I think it grew into this brand. Like 
if you're in the hair industry or actually not even in the hair industry, right? Mm-hmm. The platinum drop, like you see me, I'm, I've got colorful hair. I am tattooed. I'm loud. Um, I speak my fucking mind. I'm blunt as fuck. Like that has all become part of my brand. Mm-hmm. And I've finessed it over the years to I'm now like, I'm, I'm growing an empire. Like it, it sounds so silly coming out of my mouth when I say it, but I've always had this dream to have an, an empire. And I am not only in the hair industry, but now people outside of the hair industry are taking notice of me. And it's because of my, my weird fucking name, the platinum giraffe, um, (laughs) you know, and my, my authentic branding, I am true to who the fuck I am. And I'm consistent all the time in my messages. Um, I, you know, I'm the same person in real life on this podcast, on Instagram, having fucking Christmas dinner with my fucking parents who hate my fucking mouth. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm me and I'm unapologetically me. And that is basically my brand, myself, my life. I am the platinum giraffe. I am Sarai Spear. To me, it's the same fucking thing. You know, people are like, oh my God, are you the giraffe lady? I'm like, bet. That's fucking me. I am. (laughs) The giraffe lady? Dead. That's hilarious. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, like, how easy of a business is that to be you? Like, it's fucking awesome. Right? (laughs) If you guys, uh, you guys haven't tried it, I highly suggest doing it. Yeah. It's the the best. It is. And yeah. when, when you are confident in who you are, it shows, right. Yeah. And not everybody is going to be loud and put themselves out there and say, fuck, like it is, you know, it or the you being authentic to yourself looks different for everybody. Yes. And when you are authentically yourself, you don't have anything to worry about. Like yeah. you don't, you don't have any lies to, to cover yeah. or backtrack. Like you don't have to worry about, you don't have you to know, memorize being, any stories. No, like, no. It's so easy. It's so, it's incredibly so nice. Freeing. Yes, yeah. it really is. So I yeah. am me 24 fucking seven. I don't fucking change. This is just who I am. And yeah. you either like me or you don't. Um, I don't feel like, I feel like I'm very polarizing. There's really no in between with me. You know, I've never had anybody be like, oh yeah, she's okay. They're either like, I fucking love her or that fucking bitch, you know, which is fine. It's fine. You know, other, other people's opinions of me are not my business. I have, I have no, no say in that. So I don't let them affect me. I mean, that's kind of good though. Cause like you have the people that love you, like love you hard and the ones that don't like, cool, make one way for the ones that love. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, with, with, Social media, I would say it's definitely, um, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. You know, I love it for the connections I've made. Like we're connected yeah. right now because of social media, totally. you know, and I don't even, I feel like you don't even have to meet people in real life anymore to have meaningful, deep relationships because of social media. Yeah. But the other side of that coin is people can be rude and mean and cruel. And if you don't have a thick skin, that shit can get to you. You know, yeah. I get comments all the time, you know, like even about like, oh, that girl's nose is so big. Like, don't put the, you know, don't get her around the cocaine at the party. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sad that your life is Ugh. is just, you know, so incredibly shallow. Yeah. So I've just learned, you know, that that person's opinion doesn't pay my fucking bills. So yeah. whatever they want to think about me, I, I don't care. Yeah. But we we have to, if we're going to get on social media and utilize it to grow our brand, our business, we have to not let that stuff get to us. Yeah. You know, like I used to get so angry and I used to fight trolls. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually got like an Instagram violation because I called somebody a fucking stupid sea cow and a fucking raging cunt. Um, I know, I know back in the day when I was angry, this was like two (laughs) years ago. Um, (laughs) this was like two weeks ago. It's fine. It's fine. No, (laughs) And what, what I've learned, um, the more exposure I get, the more hate I get, Yeah. Um, which is fine. I can handle it. So I've learned to kill people with kindness. Um, mm-hmm. One of my, because that, that just puts people, they're like, wait, what? Yeah. You just told me to have a blessed day. Like, fuck you. How can you say that? You know? Yeah. I, I really <laughs> like to kill people with kindness now. And I just say, you know, 
Thank you so much for your love and support or you're so kind. I hope you have a beautiful day. You super kind human. And even though it's passive aggressive, it's fuck. Yeah. Um, that's my way of dealing with it. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, yeah, you kind of have to like laugh at it. Like yeah. who has this time in their day Yeah. to like yeah. literally spread hate? It's, but like, I'll take the comment because that just like pushes yourself up in the algorithm. So be yep. <laughs> yep. And that's, I think that's where I focus on is first of all, thanks for driving up my engagement and my views. Cause yeah. now I'm getting paid by Instagram. Awesome. I appreciate you, but it just, it really reflects to me what a, a sad headspace that person is in, yeah. you know, that you feel the need sure. to, to bully or intimidate or be rude to a stranger that you've never met to yeah. whatever, compensate for your own shit or, you know, and I've had people who have sent me messages later after I've said, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, you feel this way. I feel sorry that you're in this space or whatever. And I've had people message me and they were like, I'm so sorry. Like, you know what, mm. after you said that I really reflected and you know what, you're right. It's not fucking you. Like I'm upset that I don't live authentically or that I'm not this, or I'm not this. Mm. And I'm like, you know, thank you're you getting for your triggered. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I trigger things on a lot of people and yeah. I'm okay with that because yeah. I live authentically. And I think it's very hard for some people to see that, you know, my neck tattoos, sure. my crazy hair, me living my best life, you know, making amazing money, money that I never thought I, I would be able to make I'm doing out of my own hard work. So yeah. I understand that I can be triggering for people. Yeah. And I am okay with that. I am so okay with that because yeah. what I hope is that they, they want a little bit more for whatever reason. And mm -hmm. they see that, you know, I am sunshine and fucking rainbows. I mean, I'll tell you to go fuck yourself, but I am who I am. And honestly, yeah. I wouldn't have any of this mm -hmm. if I did not have my sobriety. My sobriety is the most important thing in my entire life. My, my sobriety is more important than my career, than my husband and I's relationship, because that foundation falls, the rest of it fucking tumbles. Yeah. Yeah. I always say like, you have to treat your sobriety as sacred. Absolutely. You know, like this beautiful, like gift yep. that you like, that you hold and you cherish. Yep. Right. No matter how, if you're just starting out or if you have yep. like years of, of sobriety, it is, it's sacred. It absolutely is. Yeah. It is. It's the most important thing in my life because without it, it's a, it's a slow descent back into the seventh layer of hell. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. ma'am. <laughs> uh, Sarai, one more question for you, for anyone listening to us talk, any suggestions or tips or any words of wisdom who maybe might be thinking about, uh, sobriety or having like a rough relationship with alcohol. So one of the things that I say is if you think you have a problem, you do. It's not easy to talk about it and it's not easy to get help. There's a lot of feelings of shame and guilt and it, it's just a messy, messy situation. But I will tell you from the other side, having been through that, yeah, the best thing for that you can do for yourself is to get help, whether it is AA meetings, whether it is therapy, whether it is rehab, an outpatient program, um, talking to people. Mm. I was so afraid of being vulnerable and I was so afraid that people would be like, Oh my God, you're a fucking piece of shit. And of course I'm sure some people thought that about me, but I don't, you know, I don't really yeah. care. The ones who were important and helped me get through that were incredibly kind and supportive. And we build it up in our heads where, you know, I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose my career. I'm going to lose X, Y, and Z. And that unfortunately, or fortunately is not the reality of it. Most mm -hmm. times. Um, we build it up in our heads. So if you think you have a problem, if you think you have an issue with, you know, whatever it may be you're struggling with, please fucking reach out. You can reach out to me. You can DM me. My DMS are always fucking open and I fucking answer every DM. It's not some social team. It's me. Um, you know, find a therapist, talk to somebody you trust, go to a meeting. But the most important piece is to just start to just start making 
progress and life is not perfect. Um, Your path to sobriety won't be perfection, but starting is the hardest part. And I just really want to encourage you as someone who has been a fucking homeless junkie to living my best life. Mm. I can tell you that I only did it because of my sobriety. So I encourage you to reach out to get help. Mm. I love that. Sarai, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and your knowledge and sharing with us. I really, really appreciate it. Well, I am incredibly grateful and honored that you asked me to be here and allowed me to share with not only you, but with your listeners. I am I'm so grateful. This has been so good. I feel like we talked forever. So sorry yeah. if you guys are sitting in the car <laughs> waiting to go into work because you're trying to finish this fucking podcast. Like my bad. How great is Sarai? I know I got the little lift I needed going into 2022. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to rate, subscribe, and leave your feedback about the podcast. We love to hear your comments. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Sober Girls Guide. And don't sleep on the blog. Head to asobergirlsguide.com for how-tos, tips, and tricks, and so, so much more. We have you covered at any stage of your booze-free journey. Head to asobergirlsguide.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.